He had amazing ability to wind up, even though he didn't speak English. <laughs> I liked him actually. I enjoyed it. You know, he was a tough guy, and he was aggressive, and he was he was angry. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts, and download the OTB Sports app. Now then, you're welcome along. Monday evenings off the ball. So all of a sudden, Dublin fans feeling much better about life. And this is kind of out of nowhere, I think. Jack McCaffrey, Paul Mannion, there was no expectation of this really happening. Back in the fold for 2023. Division 2, watch out. Uh, the boys are coming for you. Colin Boyle uh, will give us his take on uh, the development half past seven. URC is also back. Monday Night Rugby in the company of Keith Wood and Rory O'Connor. And then the football show, Pat Nevin on the curtailed Premier League uh, weekend and uh, shameful scenes really after an odd week in Spanish football shameful scenes in the Madrid derby last night Graham Hunter will explain all 53106 the text number we'll add off the ball on Twitter Mick McCarthy here in studio hello hey Joe how are you very well I don't well. usually interrupt your intro there but uh, you, you hit me with that zinger I wasn't expecting it you know I'd lived it as well yeah. <laughs> listen Richie McCormick hello evening gents so uh, there we are Desi Farrell uh, chatting to Dubs TV and it was uh, not the most thrilling interview I'd ever seen in my life. And then uh, I would say willfully, Mick, he buried the lead. <laughs> Stuck it in there, six or seven questions in, exactly as his uh, his predecessor did when uh, he announced that Stephen Cluxton was coming back into the squad. Yeah. However, how long ago was that? Oh, it was Dermot Connolly, sorry, not Stephen Cluxton. It was Stephen Cluxton we were waiting for similar news on hmm. a couple of years after. But it was Dermot Connolly's return was snuck into uh, about... Eight, eight answers into a generic uh, post-match press conference that time. So it's funny how they do it in Dublin. Alan Brogan tweeting, if Jack and Mannion are going back, I'm going back as well. So <laughs> maybe there's a third, I don't know. But yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. Who, who's the third man? Isn't it it's funny so how this has become now the Dublin modus operandi of um, dealing with the media? I, I, like Desi Farland doing this, it couldn't have been more willfully out of sync with kind of the emotional mm. scale of the news. You know, so it's a very deliberate thing. And that is how Jim Gavin did it. And so you'd love to know if Desi Farrell was of a mind to be candid. And he, he's not at the moment. But you'd love to know, is this way of doing things, is this like a reaction to you remember the hype of the early 90s and getting the suits and arnets? Or is this like thinking of the time maybe under Pillar where they're marching down towards the hill? And, you know, it's this fear of... The fact that you're the capital city and the media are based there, that the whole thing will just run away with itself and, and it's a reaction against that. Or is it, well, Jim Gavin did it this way, really successful. Yeah, That's like the Paul McGinley Ryder Cup template type thing. So I'll just do it that way as well, because it's so it's so making a point of trying to ham things down. It's, it's kind of like when Cluxton walks in after the Ireland final because he wants it to be low key. That's so unusual. That makes it memorable and Itself, you know yeah. it, what is the uh, Barbara Streisand effect um, it's kind of a situation so I just don't know what, what, what's the thinking there of like saying to you know saying to myself well I'll put this in four minutes into a Dubs TV yeah. interview it's, it's just very striking it's worth pointing out this is in everything they do because if you're yeah, picking yeah. specifically on this there is a question that jumped to mind as, as you were saying this is like he's talking he's at club games He's talking about how things are going. What, I'm just wondering where he's supposed to say it. He goes, guys, have I got some news for you or what? You know, it's like there is an element of like, I actually don't know what other way to do it. I guess you would say to Dubs TV or whatever the vehicle is, uh, let's do two minutes on the fact that the boys are coming back. Yeah, as, exactly. And keep it separate from the club game. This sounds, by the way, mm. can I be very clear? There's, an ink, there's someone typing a text right now. Stop. <laughs> Stop typing. Don't waste the 30 cents. 
I just want to say this is not a criticism of Desi Farrell. This is just it's curiosity. Very, it's very interesting. Mm. Now there is the Dublin way of doing things with the media. So I think what you said about marching to the hill and 20, 2006 and all of that, right? I think that does go into it a lot, right? So what you had in the mid 2000s was a team that filled out Crow Park, had a lot of characters and a lot of energy and a lot of good footballers as well and did okay, but didn't do, you know, didn't get over that last line. And the legacy of it was the dreaded H word. And what happened after that, first with Pat Gilroy and then perfected or whatever the word is by (laughs) (laughs) taking to the nth degree by, by Jim Gavin, just brought unparalleled, unprecedented success. So I do understand kind of saying the thing that failed us in the past, where it was actually probably a myriad of things. Of course. In your head, it's like what failed us, what failed me in my playing days, if I'm Desi Farrell, was there was too much going on around us. Mm. But like what you miss out from that is the fact that like there's so many brilliant, like, you know, obviously from Dublin growing up here in my life there's something just there's something you know there's something about the Dublin character and you can't tell me that we haven't had any in the last 10 years because we know we have because once they retire people like Paddy Andrews Mm. go on the football pod and you see God like he's a great character he's what we think of when we think of the Dublin character the wit etc but we don't see it because they're just seemingly afraid of it all but again when you win however many (laughs) All-Irelands they've won yeah it's hard to argue, but I don't know. It's I just know, interesting. It's hard to break with the tradition that was so successful. I sort of get it, but I'd love to talk to Desi Farrell and ask him, like, yeah. off the record, yeah. what story? Because you knew, you like, you know that's a weird way to do it. Mm. Instinctively. Manager of the Year Awards, early December, you know. Yeah. You, get, you have to get your ticket in for that one. And actually, Colin Boyle will be a very interesting guest. One, because he's played against them and he's, you know, great sense of modern football. But he experienced James Horan, who I would say is very much in the Jim Gavin camp and the Desi Farrell camp of like how low key can we make something and I'm going to go there mm. whereas you saw Kevin McStay and the new management team so it's not like it's a Mayo template Kevin McStay the new Mayo team I would say had their media night to I guess unveil the new era and talk pretty in pretty relaxed relatively open fashion without going OTT and That's it, tears yeah. down their face and we're going to win it it's none of that it's just I kind of engage with you a little bit I'll give you a little bit whereas definitely Horn gave nothing and now Dublin Give nothing, so I don't know. It's you look at like Limerick. I feel I find that Limerickers, Limerick are giving you nothing really. Yeah, but they're being engaging with it. Yeah. And you know, we I mean, we spoke to Groot Hegarty, I think twice during the season this year. You know what I mean? And they were both really interesting interviews. Once on AM, once with yourself. Yeah, and they're not afraid of it. No. You know, John Kiley will talk about things we know all about their backroom. St- you know, we know about Caroline Currid, we know about Paul Canark. Yeah. They're not hiding at all. Yeah. But at the same time, they're being careful and they're not letting it run away with them. Yeah. Look, it's not the uh, core point, obviously. It was just a, I thought I had. So we'll talk certainly the football aspect with Colin Boyle. It's really exciting, by the way. Oh, it's amazing. Like, I mean, Paul Mannion, we've been talking about a good bit over the last few months because obviously Kilmacud are in the news and are there. But like, we spoke a few months ago about unique footballers and yeah. Jack McCaffrey's name came up and it's just like I as much as he has other things to be doing with his life that are a little bit more important than football it's so sad that we weren't seeing prime Jack McCaffrey over the last couple of years because he is a one-off and I don't I actually think as well he's one of those players that even the the anti-Dublin 31 counties like you know he just has that I something about it you want to see Jack McCaffrey still only 28 football. exactly I know. I did um, on the strands of Dolly Mount a while back because we're vaguely in the same neck of the woods, bump into him with someone else. And I was with someone who knew him uh, better and chatting away. And 
as we uh, walk our way and he walks his way, I just think, what a waste. <laughs> what a waste. Sure, he's out there saving <laughs> lives. Saving lives. But what know, a waste. Changing the world. Yeah, so there we go. Uh, the uh, news round is, as ever, brought to you with Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day. As I scramble to open your news round, Richie, and you're not starting with the return of the two boys. You've got uh, Republic of Ireland team news for us. Not great news. No, not brilliant. Andrew Amabamadeli has been ruled out of the Republic of Ireland squad for the Nations League games with Scotland and Armenia. The Norwich defender picked up a groin injury in last week's 1-1 draw with West Brom. He'll now end the year without a competitive game to his name. Uh, Amabamadeli's place in the squad goes to Liam Scales, who's been a near-ever-present for Aberdeen following his loan move from Celtic. Robbie Brady, though, was in front of the media today ahead of what could be his first cap in 18 months. He says his spells out injured have been difficult, but despite his absence from the international setup, Stephen Kenny has remained in contact. Yeah, it's been difficult. Sort of over the last six months or so, twelve months, it's he's been le- he's left it to me. I told him what I felt like I needed him, and he told me what what he thought I needed. And it sort of speaks for itself. I wasn't playing enough football to to put myself in contention, and I knew that myself. But no, he's he's been great for me um, since he first came in, in keeping in contact and and his thoughts on me and 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 where he thinks I can get it and. Like I said, I wasn't able to get myself in a position to to give him what he needed, and I feel as if now I'm I'm, I'm back I'm back fit and healthy, and I'm, I'm I feel as if I'm in a good enough place to to, to make an impact. So, I'd, like I said, I'd be ready to ready to go if needed. It's good to have him back. Eighteen months a long time away from international football, and his body thankfully not deserting him at the moment and going very well at Preston. So Brady back in the squad. The under twenty ones, of course, Richie have serious business to take care of. Yeah, an under-21 manager, Jim Crawford, forced into a reshuffle of his squad ahead of their European Championship playoff with Israel. Mark McGuinness, Luke O'Connell, Liam Kerrigan and David Harrington have all been ruled out through injury. They're replaced by Nack Bredes and Selmo Garcia-McNulty, Burnley's Dara Costello and St. Pat's Joe, Adam O'Reilly and David Adumosu. Uh, Cluxton about as low-key as the Queen's, as a texture. So, yeah, but... See, I, my sense, I don't know, Richie, you were listening to us chatting there. I, my sense, say, of Cluxton, for instance, as like this real kind of cultural touchstone in that Dublin camp and kept manners and everybody is that he would look at any engagement with the media as distraction and ancillary and egotistical and we don't need it. It doesn't serve us, therefore, zero tolerance policy. And I kind of respect that as well. I, I do get it. Mm, I think there is a top, like there has to be a top down approach here. Um, who has led it? I, I again, I'd love to know, but it's been quite clear, and it has been copied in different ways by different counties and different teams within counties uh, across the country in the past decade. But there seems to have been a top-down approach of going, right? Don't give Anthony away. Keep everything as close to your chest as you possibly can. There's literally no point from our point of view in talking. So why should we? Yeah. Um, if there's any great need to, we will. If there's any great story to address, we'll address it. But like the Dear McConley situation is kind of case in points. I mean, every single door you tried to open when that story was ongoing was shut and there was no way that you were going to get to the bottom of it. And uh, Cluxton's retirement has proved to be, or non-retirement if it is uh, to be the case, has proved to be pretty similar. Um, they'll just go about their business. And mm. I don't know, it, it then becomes this question and, and this kind of um, media self-analysis of, of wondering, you know, well, if they don't speak to us, then who are they going to speak to? And how are we ever going to get their side of the story? And maybe they just don't want to give it. No, I don't think they do, actually. I think that's uh, that's exactly right. Yeah, as, as, and as um, in terms of copying others, the famous Anthony Daly clip that we use on various montages, 
you know, if the All Ireland champions went step dancing twice a week, we'd all be going step dancing twice a week. Yeah, it's absolutely. Just, yeah, it's copycat culture, which is a pity, I think, for the general. And I say coverage. You always thinking of it from a media side of view side of things, but actually, what coverage leads to, which is the getting to know of the people involved. Like it is a pity that it has gone that way while being understandable. Yeah, because obviously people will take Dublin's lead on these things. Yeah, and I would say some of Farrell's thinking is well. Let's not make it like, oh, my God, thank God they're back. And <laughs> <laughs> let's not also rev up the hype and let's not, you know, make anyone who's been in camp for the last couple of years training very hard feel underappreciated suddenly. Like, oh, thank God you can you can be forgotten because I've got the two boys back. Yeah. I'm sure he's thinking of all. I do things. think it comes. I still do maintain that I'm not 100 percent sure what else he could have done in this. But you're 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 you had a bit of an in the middle solution. I think that is probably fine. Yeah. But I do I, I, like as much as I think if I was manager of Dublin. I wouldn't know what I was doing first of all, but second of all, I would I would like just be a little bit more open and talkative with the media because I don't think you'd lose anything from it. But this exact news, I don't know if I would have done it any differently. I have to say, ah, uh, you wouldn't have buried it four minutes into a Dubs TV chat <laughs> and hope nobody noticed. Like he he knows that people are gonna pick up on two of the best footballers in the country coming back to your <laughs> come back. Not to saying going to late late show or anything, but <laughs> <laughs> just I don't know. I don't know. It's just uh, it's just very it's a it's that's now the Dublin way of doing things. I guess is the the point. Again, it's not a big criticism. It's just kind of it's just so striking. God, you're so afraid of annoying them tonight, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Why am I so? Well, actually, to be fair, <laughs> it's not so much that crowd who'll text in and get annoyed about anything. That crowd. There you go. Yeah. It's more. I don't even like I, if Desi Farrell was listening. I wouldn't want him thinking, "Oh, this is a weird criticism of him." It's just it's this is the template now, and it's. Um, <laughs> It's very striking that it's the template, and I would just love to know what the logic is or what the thinking is behind just, the scenes. Is it just without wanting to sound yeah, yeah without wanting to sound all old man? I think there is an element of new media about it all because the old phrase that they used to have about you know uh, newspapers and stories and all that is that it's you know it's tomorrow's fish and shit paper, and to a degree that was very very true. But there's now such a footprint of literally everything that's said and everything that's documented and every interview that's given that stuff gets dragged back up and can be used as ammunition, positively or negatively, uh, back at the person or back at people who might be implicated by those comments, uh, where they wouldn't have been back in those days of the the Dublin team of the 80s that kind of was so well-known yet so unsuccessful, uh, for instance, and different ones around the country as well, whereby they just there's a lot of things that can be thrown back in players' faces in the modern era that possibly didn't exist beforehand. Yeah. Uh, Lads, what Desi Farrell did with Dubs TV isn't unusual. It's actually 100% bullseye in terms of contemporary PR practice. Put it out first on channels you own. Share it through social media. Let mainstream media pick it up if they're interested. Textbook 21st Century Public Relations. And I'm offering that as a 50-something PR and comms PRO, says uh, Pork. I have no issue with it going out in Dublin, Dubs TV. That's not the point. Sorry if I'm not clear. It's that it's like five minutes into this interview and it's just right at the end and it's said with like zero sense of uh, excitement or reveal. It's it's not even like here's the Dubs TV interview that just starts with Desi, great news. Paul Mannion, Jack McCaffrey yeah, are that back. That is actually the way to do it. It's like tell the interviewer to be the hype merchant and I'll play it down. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. Just, and just like oh, let's do two minutes on I don't know. I'm not looking for state secrets. But also, you wouldn't mind a, did you approach them? Did they approach you? It's interesting they're both coming back at the same yeah. time. How did all that He's happen? He's in Parnell after the, the quarterfinals, yeah, isn't yeah. he? So, like, it is understandable. It's like Dublin manager goes to watch players. You know, one of them obviously was involved, but 
you know, I, again, oh, so is, do, does it make more PR sense to talk about what you're seeing today and what's coming through? Then do a the separate one, do a separate video today That's or fair, tomorrow. Yeah, or yeah. I'm, 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 geez, doing it on Dubs TV makes total sense. And you control everything then. But maybe just, uh, maybe the first question should be about the fact that Jack McCarthy and Paul Mannion are back. That's all I'm saying. I sound like I'm really giving out here. I don't even like listening to myself at the moment. I'm done. <laughs> I'm parking it. It's over. It's over. Uh, we haven't even talked about Nathan Collins yet. Here we are, 18 <laughs> minutes past seven. I we know. haven't talked about Nathan Collins. Uh, Richie, where are we going next? Uh, all six Irish crews in action at the World Rowing Championships have progressed to their respective next stages. The women's doubles goals of Zoe Hyde and Sunita Pushpur, the women's four of Emily Hegarty, Fiona Murta, Emer Lam, and Afrik Kyo, and the lightweight doubles goals of Margaret Kremen and Aoife Casey all won their respective heats today. Katie O'Brien progressed to the A finals of the women's singles goals, finishing second in her heat. The women's pair of Natalie Long and Tara Hanlon are into their AB semi finals following a second place finish of their own. And another second place finish today came for the men's four of John Carney, Ross Corrigan, Nathan Timothy, and Jack Dorney. We have got T20. Yeah, and Ireland have collected a first win in Group A of Women's T20 World Cup qualifying. Having bowled out the United States for just 91 this afternoon, Ireland reached their target with nine wickets in hand and 41 deliveries to spare. Ireland know a win over Scotland on Wednesday. We'll see them secure a place in the finals in South Africa. Uh, now, this next story, the links um, are certainly um, on one side anyway between Racine and Stuart Lancaster continue. Yeah, he continues to be linked with the head coach's role at the top 14 club. Reports in France say considerable progress has been made with talks with the former England head coach. However, current Racing coach Laurent Travert has indicated he'd be willing to extend his stay with Racing for another two years. Jackie Lorenzetti, their owner, is set to depart at the end of this season. Meanwhile, Leinster have given no timeline on the returns of injured quartet James Lowe, Hugo Keane and James Tracy and Tommy O'Brien. But Jordan Larmer and Joe McCarthy have entered the final stages of their recoveries from respective knee and ankle issues. Now, Richie, much like Desi Farrell, you've buried uh, the news deep in the uh, news around here. <laughs> Yesterday's news, Joe. You've got to get, got to, no, get to no, it later. Dublin's odds for the 2023 All-Ireland slashed by the news that Jack McCaffrey and Paul Mannion are to return to the panel. McCaffrey's been away from the squad since midway through Desi Farrell's first season in charge in 2020, while Mannion left after that campaign. But speaking after the weekend's Dublin Championship quarterfinals, Farrell did indeed tell Dubs TV eventually that both are back. We've had a, a lot of new players come into the squad over the last two years and uh, that process continues and uh, uh, very interested in the progress that some of our players have made. Um, the likes of Shane Clayton, Ross McGarry today, Ben Millis, young Ben Millis from Ballantyr, uh, played very well today as well. And uh, good news is we'll have uh, Jack McCaffrey and Paul Mannion rejoin the squad next year as well. So um, that'll be a great help to us in terms of the development and uh, continuous evolution of the team, the squad. And of course, we're, we're hoping before the championship ends that we'll have a sprinkling of one or two other new players to bring in. And uh, we look forward to the season ahead then. There we go. There you go. Is there something to be said for, just moving to the actual football side of things now, that as good as these players are, and I think they would come back in any, you know, for any team at any point, Mm -hmm. but I think Dublin do have to be concerned about the fact that they're so needed, I suppose. You know, is that, that, that these two guys went away for two years and not that they, like, not that they haven't been replaced, but like, the stars of the next generation don't seem to be breaking through in the way that, like, you know, even though Jack McCaffrey and Paul Mannion will walk onto any team in the country, they'll still be 28, 29, you know, next season and only have that couple of years left. It's almost what comes next. You know, Dublin, absolutely. I think these two players add enough to make them 
they're already contenders for the All Ireland every year. This yeah. puts them up there with Kerry, you would say. But then what's next? You know, like no, they're not. There's nobody coming in saying you're not taking my jersey, pal. No, you know? I guess maybe you could say it buys the next generation two, yes, three, four years fair, to yeah. come through. Yeah, that's a good so point. it's a nice, nice short term uh, solution. So that's McCaffrey and Manuel. We'll talk to Colin Boyle about that in just a few moments' time. We have Monday Night Rugby on the way after 8 o'clock. Keith Wood, Rory O'Connor back with us. You've got some rugby for us, Rich. Yeah, international trio Bundy Aki, Mac Hansen and Finley Bealham return to the Connacht squad for their trip to South Africa. The province faced games with the DHL Stormers and Vodacom Bulls following Saturday's opening night defeat to Ulster. Quaylen Blade, Sam Illo, Kean Prendergast and Dylan Tierney-Martin also travel with Connacht and they'll join up with the emerging Ireland panel after the Stormers game. What about Nathan Collins, Mick? When you saw him flying through the air in real time and saw the incident? I first saw the uh, screenshot. I was I was out at uh, I didn't I only saw the second half of the game, and I, I, saw, I first saw the screenshot and went, "Geez, he got up very high, didn't he?" Like as in like I, just in a casual jump. I mean, some good hang time. I feel like I first saw the David Snade stamp, uh, mocked up stamp, and <laughs> Nathan Collins <laughs> flying through the air. Uh, look. What do I really think? You know, you can have all these Jack Grealish jokes you like, but Nathan Collins has started off very, very well for Wolves, but with a couple of moments that you would say he needs to kind of... He needs to be smarter than that. You know, he's missing three games for a team that are struggling now that need him. Yeah. And, like, he is one of their key players, and he's going to miss three games for something that was, like... I don't know if he at a moment or just like a, a just Rash. a temporary loss of yeah. you know um, his control and I, I just like he can't be doing that again next season for example you know what I mean and that that is a huge learning curve for him um, will it ultimately harm his career or his Wolves legacy or anything like that I don't think so and people will have a laugh about the fact that it was Jack Grealish on the end of it yeah. for the last couple of days but ultimately I think he'll be pissed off with himself when I first saw it I thought oh I Jeez, I, has he put his studs through Grealish? And mm. then you watch it again, and you realise he hasn't done that at all. No, there was no no malice in it. It was just it was a Rash. it was an absolute yeah. red card. Like, yeah, it was. I mean, I'd love to make the argument, but <laughs> no, it was. But it definitely wasn't there. Oh my God, he's Polak's Grealish. Look at Grealish rolling around. Yeah, there. it was, and he should be coming into like we're going into international camp. He's made this big move. It's gone very well for him. Yeah, and you know, there's for as few Premier League players as there are. It's a four. It's a it's a team of players in form. Coming together, our squad of players and form coming together this week, and there should have been a kind of a buzz about it. Nathan Collins should have been almost top of that, you know, uh, cloud of yeah. enthusiasm, and he's just got to be annoyed with himself. Yeah, three it's, matches is yeah. a lot, isn't it? It's a fun thought to think of him and Diego Costa in training against each other. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he'd stand back from no, Costa, I have to say. I think those two might actually yeah. uh, say, um, away we go here, yeah. gentlemen's agreement. All is fair. I've seen it a couple of times in Collins this year. Like he does not hang back, and he'll get in on behalf of one of the teammates as well when it comes to it. You know, he's got to get a yellow card in every game. It's, it? it's funny only when everybody was crowded around Grealish and there was a bit of handbags that you realise Nathan Collins is about the biggest of everyone there. I know mm-hmm. City aren't a huge team, have on the side, but he's um, you're kind of just like okay, but Premier League standards, big specimen um, struck me as well. But uh, anyway, he's in the Ireland squad for the upcoming two games. Richie, you have news uh, from Shelburne. Obviously, they were happy uh, yesterday. Mm. 
Uh, fresh off helping Shelburne reach the FAI Cup semi-final, Sean Boyd has agreed to stay with the Talca Park Club for next season. The strikers double against Bohemians in yesterday's quarter-final brought his tally for the season to 11. Shelburne will be away to Waterford in the second of the Cup semi-finals, kicking off a quarter to five at the RSC on Sunday, October 16th. And there will be a 2pm start to the meeting of Derry City and Treaty United. You've left out how Shelburne got into the semi-final there, Richie. I mentioned he scored twice yesterday over against Bosnick and yeah. It was three It was one of the most appalling, appalling performances from Bose that I've seen. It really must have been Rory O'Connor in here like saying disgusted. I met him at it, yeah. Yeah, I met, I met him a half, I was talking to him at halftime about it and by halftime it was already poor. It didn't get any better. There was like a brief flurry of uh, half chances I think Jordan Flores hit the point post at one point in the second half. Um, but like I, I've, I saw them through the years when the money disappeared and they were teetering on the brink of going out of business and there were scratch squads put together to try and get through a season and not be relegated and that was the aim and yesterday was was worse than than all of that um for a team who had literally like literally this was their season uh, and that was the chant that was coming from a bunch of uh, fans behind the goal was this was their only chance to get into europe to put a bit of um you know a decent end towards a pretty dismal underwhelming campaign and never showed up mm. like never showed up and the comments by uh, Derek Pender who again has taken some blame for himself uh, afterwards as well he should because tactically they weren't at the races at all yesterday uh, and the, some of the players Flores being one of them were absolutely bang on it just was it was unacceptable uh, the level of performance they put in yesterday Okay uh, David Mead Dublin have to be strong favourites for next year surely as in unbackable favourites reckons David Mead with this news um, one last story, Rich. We'll be talking about it with Graham Hunter later. Yeah, uh, La Liga are to investigate racist chants aimed at Vinicius Jr. prior to Sunday's Madrid derby. Atletico fans were heard to have chanted, Vinicius is a monkey outside their Wanda Metropolitano Stadium. Real went on to win the game by two goals to one. La Liga will deliver a formal report to the Spanish Football Federation's Disciplinary Committee and indeed the state's anti-violence commission. Uh, this story has been like a week-long saga in Vinicius Jr.'s life. Started with a game against Mallorca, really came to the fore in a Spanish TV show where a phrase or an idiom was used, uh, which um, caused massive offence. There was his tweet and statement on Friday, and then the reaction of the Atletico fans on the Saturday, on the Sunday last night was a disgrace, really. So yeah. Graham, Graham will tease it all out for us. But, He's come uh, out of it really well, I think, and that, like in a situation he should never have to be in. I shouldn't know more about Vinicius Junior this week than I did last week, but I have to say I, I I really really admire the way he's dealt with it. I haven't seen anything since last night, but in the week building up to it, you know, um, yeah, you'd just be you'd be full of admiration for him, just wishing that people. <laughs> that's not exactly how we have to come to admire people is to see how they react to racist abuse being sent at them. But someday we won't be talking about that on the show. Hmm. Mick, thanks for the time being. Cheers. Richie, chat to you tomorrow. Cheers. Nice and that's.